Welcome to Economics Happy Hour Season 2. My name's Matt. And my name's Jadrian. And it is 2024. When you're listening to us, it's still actually 2023 here. <laughs> but we're excited to be with you. And Jadrian, what are you drinking on this first episode of 2024? So on the last episode, I uh, had had a white tide uh, Belgian style wheat ale. Um, and because we recorded this at the same time we recorded our last episode, I'm not having two beers back to back in the middle of the afternoon. So <laughs> drink number two of today, but number one of season two is actually going to be non-alcoholic. It's going to be a sweet tea. Uh, so I'm starting January sober. Dry at least January. For, we're doing dry January recording style. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens later in January. Yeah. 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 I have a hunch at ASSA. So you're not going to be dry January. No, I don't think so. I think uh, my, I, this is one of those cool moments where I can sort of think in the future, but talk about the past. I know myself well enough. It was not dry January in uh, at the AEAs. Yeah. Uh, I am enjoying a Diet Coke. And my plan is to do dry January again. I did that last time. Uh, it is still 2023, but I'm at work now. So I'm definitely dry for this episode. But So those of you who are curious about Matt saying uh, dry January again, that was episode two of last year's, uh, we'll call it a season. I think we should make these seasons, Matt. I think we should start committing to uh, to the style now. Uh, season one started last year. Yeah, late 2022 yeah. all the way through 2023. We were, I think we started like two weeks into December. So we'll yep. we'll lump that into season one. I agree. Uh, but our second episode was about behavioral economics, commitment devices, uh, New Year's resolution. It is actually our most popular episode. It, uh, it is number one. It has remained at the top since the very beginning. So was, I think that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So yeah, I think I'm going to try it again. Um, I don't drink excessively pretty much any day ever, um, mm -hmm. but I have a couple beers most days. And so I think it's probably healthy for me. And well, everybody on the internet seems to say it's healthy to, <laughs> to take, you know, at least have a short gap where um not really drinking. So I did that last year. Sad, I didn't really notice health benefits, but we will, we will try it again this year. We think. Stay tuned for the next episode to find out whether this, how much of this happens. Yeah, you'll have to come back in, in two weeks and find out if Matt actually has uh, has maintained that. Because by the time you come back in two weeks, Matt and I will see each other maybe maybe three weeks from now. Uh, so yeah. we're recording these uh, at the same time as the last one, mostly so that Matt and I can take a little bit of a break over the winter holidays and still have these coming out every every two weeks. We want to make sure that y'all know exactly when you're going to get to hear us. But Matt and I do need a vacation. Uh, and so we recorded these in 2023 so that we could have a vacation and then start 2024 off right. So Matt, new year, new you, maybe, maybe, maybe new you. What do you hope to, I have, a, I have two questions for you. What do you hope to achieve personally? Actually, let me make it three questions. What are your goals personally, professionally, and for our podcast? I put them on the spot. I should also yeah. note that I did not give Matt any heads up that I was no, going to ask is any good questions. Question. So um, for the podcast, I love the podcast one too. Um, uh, Jadrian and I have talked, I would love to go weekly, but the problem with going weekly is we're both busy with our other things. And we would, I, I literally think we would need almost to like, I say a professional, like it's not a full-time, but we kind of need a semi-professional person who 
once we're done recording, would come up with all of the first drafts. Like they could take the stuff, they could put put it together, they could do the first draft of the Substack articles mm-hmm. that we just go in and look at, right? I think before we could even think about that, we'd have to have that. That would be awesome. But if we if it doesn't end up happening where it's weekly, um, it'd be cool to grow the channel and reach more people. Mm-hmm. I think we do good work and it's it's a lot of fun, of course. But you know, I heard enough people reach out to say this is meaningful they enjoy it and they also learn something and that's rewarding so i would hope that we find more of an audience and more people enjoy mm-hmm. us so I'll, I'll i'll go with the podcast first and then i'll let you go what are your podcast goals and then i'll go back that lets me think about the other we can, we can bounce back and forth to make this yeah. a little bit easier um my podcast goals are actually so this was you know i, I shared with matt before we hopped on this recording call that i had an idea for the podcast so perhaps I'll pitch this as my idea for my hopes for the podcast. I think we should do a listener mailbag where people can write in questions or things that they want us to talk about, and then we can discuss those on the air. So I would like to have more listener involvement for 2024, whether that's comments on YouTube, whether that's uh, special guests, whether that's people just you know calling it. Maybe they call one of us, we record their voice asking us a question. And then, you know, maybe one episode is just ask Matt a bunch of questions. Um, I think we should, I would love to get our listeners more involved in the podcast in 2024. I think that would be cool. And if we decide to try to go with more, those are in some ways are almost easier to produce. Um, We answer questions that are given to us. We may not have to do as much on the Substack show notes. Yes. So (laughs) uh, I think that would be a great idea and a great way for engagement. Yes. Personally, so no, that's fantastic. Uh, personally, I probably, why don't I say just be healthier? Uh, you know, I reasonably healthy, but I'd love, you know, it's the New Year resolu- New Year's resolution time. I would love to, <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm making a resolution about this, but I don't keep up exercise routine, maybe a little bit more, try to eat healthier. I always think, why in the world don't I eat broccoli? Mm and salads for lunch all the day i like broccoli why don't i eat broccoli every day i could you know it's so good for you i but you i know you've uh gone through i don't know if you're hitting 52 this year but in terms of books uh there's a book outlive that's a pretty good book in terms of thinking through and the idea is people in our age ranges there's a lot they call it medicine 3.0 instead of medicine 2.0 is the idea that doctors if something happens they're pretty good at diagnosing and maybe fixing a lot of the time Medicine 3.0 is much more what are the things you can do in your, say, 30s and 40s and even 50s to help you have more quality life years later and mm. perhaps also and also to live longer. Okay. And so that, I think, you know, those are the it'd be nice to eat a little bit better, exercise a little bit more, basically just be a little bit healthier. I'd say that's probably a personal goal. I don't know. what. How about for personal side for you? We're not making very many smart goals. So are people who listen and... uh want us to have measurable goals. I'm not sure that that... No, that that was I'm, not a good measurable... That's not measurable. I can't be punished. I mean, it'd be tough to punish me, on, I guess, on that it's one. realistic. Yeah, right? Like, it's making the letters. Um, Personal. Okay, so I did... Uh, this past summer, I did not get to travel to nearly as many stadiums as I, got, as I, as I typically do. I, I went to a lot of stadiums all year long, but um, this past summer, did not get to go to as many as I was hoping. Uh, and so one of my goals is to sort of repick that up and maybe try to find, I've wanted to do this for a few years. COVID sort of, COVID messed it up the year after COVID didn't feel right. Last year wasn't good. Um, 
I would really like to sort of take like a like a like a mini road trip, maybe. Um, of, I, I don't know the right part of the country to do that, but someplace that I haven't been before that I could sort of do a circular loop over a week and just really hit a bunch of new things that I haven't seen before. Sure. Um, so I would love to do that at least once or twice um, this summer. And then, um, yeah, I'll put this sort of in, I would say it's semi-personal, semi-professional. It's uh, It'll be a bridge between the two. Um, I have had on my to-do list to do a book proposal for a book that I have wanted to write for a very long time that maybe we could talk about after off, off the air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued. I've, I've wanted to write this book for a very long time. And I just, you know, I, I keep, I keep telling myself, write the proposal, submit the proposal, write the proposal, and I don't do it, mm-hmm. but it's related to my personal sort of stadium stuff. So I would like to sort of write that book and maybe at least do the, the introduction and, and ship it off to different people. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, professionally it's, you know, it's interesting. I don't, um, there's the balance. So as Dean, right, I want to do all the things I can to help out our school. A lot of that, a question that I've asked myself since becoming Dean, and I think it's a pretty relevant one, are what are the things only a Dean can do for a school? Mm. So mm. I, I just got done teaching a semester. And in some ways, that's that's bad. Because others, we have fantastic teachers here. Now, I think it's important for me to teach to stay in touch with students and because I love yes. it. But, yeah. but to do it on occasion, I think is really important um, in that regard. But I shouldn't be teaching too much because there we have a, a lot of amazing teachers and there are some things, anytime it's representing the business school, right? The Dean is the one who should be doing that. Um, mm-hmm. So the once again, this is a very not measurable goal, which makes it tougher, but trying to figure out ways once again to allocate my time so that I am doing the things that are of the highest value. It's a terribly mm-hmm. unmeasurable goal, but mm-hmm. professional, you, I mean, you, you kind of combined yeah, it. So right. you could say you're good with that one. What, yeah, no, you know, I, exactly what you just said there, right? Trying to figure out your highest value goal. I will say maybe maybe that's my goal is figuring out what my highest value activity is. Um, I do too much. And I think, uh, yes, you, you'll, you'll agree. I think people listening who know me, uh, know that I say too much, um, or that I do too much. I probably say too much too. Um, maybe one of my goals for 2024 is to scale back a little bit, um, find places that I'm involved that maybe somebody else can be a better, uh, a better fit for, whether that's at Virginia tech, in the economics community, uh, I don't, to be fair, I don't know where those things are because I love everything that I, everything that I'm involved with. I absolutely love doing Matt. Just don't, don't forget. It's not the podcast. So that's no. part way through this semester. I'm like, actually, you know what? This podcast takes a lot gotta, of time. Gotta, gotta drop that. Uh-huh. No, I, I would, I think I need to sort of sit back and actually sort of reevaluate all the different things that I'm doing. I've already started to do that in some ways, but I think a mm-hmm. more, maybe a more systematic way would be good for 2024. Yeah. Well, and I, that's that's re- really relevant. And honestly, one of the things that I gave up shortly after I became dean was being a co-editor or assistant editor or whatever the title was on Jet. Yeah, that was that was something I liked doing that. I enjoyed that, but also realized I need to start. Some things had to fall off of my plate. Mm-hmm. And going to, I have not gone to a sea tree since uh, since then. Although I have a proposal in. Or part of it was seeing it's in Atlanta, I believe, yeah. right? Yes, it and is. Atlanta is so simple from here. It's a direct mm-hmm. flight from, which, from my airport, which means I could kind of get in and out really quick if if needed. So I, I actually may be going for the first time in a while. 
but I, I submitted my proposal. Uh, so I'm on a couple different proposals. Um, I'm, I've gotten really good at being a co-author because I'm so tired. I don't come up with any of my own ideas. I, I piggyback other people. Uh, Matt, if you go to Sea Tree, I would love to go to an Atlanta Braves game with you. That would be a blast. Uh, I haven't been to that stadium, so I have. It's it's relatively new, Truist Park. Um, I, I would love to go. So if we uh, if we find out that you're going to get in later in the spring, yes, we could try to wait and see when the schedule comes out and try to coordinate something because I would absolutely and love naturally to go see a game. we have to find a brew pub. And those who are listening will be at Sea Tree and might want to talk to us. We might have to do another series of conversations with friends of Economics Happy Hour. Absolutely. You know, I think those were some of those were some very popular. Those are very popular episodes. Uh, and I think one of the things this kind of goes back to, I think, to the listener mailbag idea. I just love hearing what other people are doing. And yep. so it, I it almost use, you know, you said it as like, well, it's way easier for us. It's less work. But I think part of it is our personalities. It's less work for us because we are just genuinely interested in what other people are doing. And I love hearing really passionate people talk about their stories, yeah. um, regardless of sort of what it is. And so yeah. maybe, maybe consider this an open invitation. We'll say semi-open invitation. We're going to vet you first. Um, but if you do have something that you're working on that you want to talk about, pitch it to me and Matt. We'll try to figure out how we can squeeze you in. Maybe it's not a full episode. Maybe it's just a, a blurb that we can talk about what you're interested about. Um, but I love just talking to people and hearing what they're working on. Yeah. Yeah, we, those have been fun, both when we were live at Jet Set, uh, at the pubs, and one time even just in the conference room when we were talking poker, and a couple and the few times where we've had, uh, well, the various Brian's on, right, I think. for <laughs> Is there another Brian that we can invite? Uh, <laughs> we'll have extra Brian's. What we really need to do is have all of the Brian's on in one episode, and then that way we can just bounce back and forth between them. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have to come up with different names here. for, for each You know, time. but some of our most popular episodes are the ones with guests. It's the ones, whether we're, uh, whether we're talking about teaching educators, working at the Federal Reserve, economics in the Bible, some of the, some of the very popular episodes of last year were guest episodes. And so I would love to sort of bring them back. And again, it goes back to, I think, whether it's, um, whether it's listeners who are coming in, whether it's just people inviting us, heck, you know, if you're a listener and there's somebody you want to hear from. Um, let us know because Matt and I will happily reach out. They may say no to us, but we'll at least reach out and ask them if they want to be on here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did you have a topic for this episode beyond that? No, I think this, I have questions for you about, about season two. Um, I think our topic for this episode is just, we can think about this as like a kickoff to season two. Okay. So I have another question for you. What have you learned about yourself over the past season of episodes from economics happy hour. Um, what have I learned about myself? Uh, well, think about this as like a reflective exercise, yeah. those uh, experiential learning type things, right? Have, so, have you learned anything about yourself over the past year? Oh, I'm sure I have. What What have I learned from this? Uh, I knew this before, but I think it really reinforced what what's the biggest lesson I think I learned is just how awesome the community of people who listen to us is. And it's okay. Before we did this, right. We didn't have a community that listened, but I always thought I loved the economics community, at least the groups of folks that I interacted with. There's plenty of people Mm -hmm. who I've met that quite frankly, I don't really want to interact with that much, Uh, but there's some self-selection here. I, I didn't. And, but the groups of folks who listen to us, it's 
been fantastic to yeah, see these individuals at conferences to have them send out emails and notes and text messages for ideas of what we should do or uh that that part to me I think I don't know I don't know that I've learned that about myself but it's been a really positive that part's been super positive mm -hmm. it's just I remember when when we started this we talked about are we just talking into a blank void is anyone listening to us right now um that absolutely happened so I was at the Southern Econ conference in uh New Orleans before Thanksgiving break, same idea. So I remember the first time this happened. Actually, I don't know that I've ever, I'll share a personal story too in a second um, about something that's similar. You, For those of you who are listening, you don't realize how rare it is to know that people are benefiting from what we do. So people say it, right? People tell us, people will send us emails and comments, but we know there are hundreds of other people listening not saying anything. And by the way, that's perfectly okay. You don't have to tell us, please. You don't, please don't feel obligated to tell us that. Um, but it is amazing when like even just one person says, Hey, I loved your podcast. It's amazing. Well, like one person literally is enough for me and Matt to just be like, yes, like this is our favorite. Like we text each other. I'm like, Hey, this person just told me they yep. listened to us. Um, and so that happened at the Southerns. Um, so the Southern Econ Conference in New Orleans, I was going into the Econ Ed session. Uh, and one of my friends, Paul Coe, who was at uh, Dickinson before, uh, but is now over in Philadelphia, and I don't remember the name. And Paul, I'm so sorry, because I know you're probably listening. Uh, <laughs> it is the, Matt, you're going to know because it's a liberal arts college, Swarth Swarthmore? Swarthmore is in the is Philadelphia area. I think he's in Swarthmore. So Paul, if I'm wrong, please, you can blast me. Um, it's my fault. Uh, but Paul came up and said, hey, I love your podcast. It's so great and wanted to send us beer. So I'm going to put this as uh, season two. Paul, you promised us beer. Please figure out how to get us some beer uh, and we'll drink your beer. Uh, but like, it's just so amazing. I think I think exactly what you're right is. So I, I I'll say the thing that I learned about myself and it's very similar um, is it is really reaffirming that what we're doing is the right thing. And so what I've learned about myself is that sort of, I guess, related to what we said earlier, is that we are adding value to the economics education community. Um, and it's really nice to know that it's valued, yeah. um, that we actually are doing something good rather than something uh, that's just sort of fun. And so the first time this ever happened, I don't know if I've ever actually told you this, it happened at Susquehanna. You had partnered with West Virginia to do yep. a symposium, no, not a symposium, a, yeah, no, it was like a, a basically a research session. Yeah, research sessions. Yep. Yeah, it was like a one day full, like all day long. It was, yeah, it was like basically a mini conference. Yep. Saturday, um, it was before COVID. It was amazing. Like I loved it. I drove up. I didn't, I didn't, I just, I wanted to participate. It was so cool because I was sitting in there and uh, Josh Hall was in the back and Josh had said something about just, I think offhandedly was like, hey, I saw your econ media library um, is getting, is, is getting bigger. Congratulations. Just sort of you know, telling me that he enjoyed it. And one of the graduate students from West Virginia was also in the back and he like spun around and he goes, wait, you're the person who does the econ media library. I love that website. And it was just That's so awesome. incredibly cool. It was like the coolest moment. Cause I was like, I'm not that popular. I'm not famous, but like, yeah. I felt like a, I felt like a movie star in the econ community uh, because of a website, but like that happens with the podcast. And it's so the thing that I like about that one, it's incredibly gratifying, but two, we're doing like, we're doing good things. And so it's really cool um, to know that like, we're actually creating something of value and not just wasting people's time. Yep. The other uh, thing I do like, I mean, we, I think we, we tend to, I think we've agreed more than we thought we would coming in. 
but but it's also when we do disagree I, I i think there's a ton of value in disagreeing on things and disagreeing civilly like understanding hey we can argue and we're friends right i mean and i i think society quite frankly needs more of that so yeah so actually i'll share this with the listeners this will be a kind of a fun moment um because most people don't know the backstory of us starting this podcast i think matt nagged me for like a year to start a podcast he goes, we should do this. We should definitely start a podcast. And I kept going, Matt, no, I'm too busy. I can't do it. And then Matt eventually ground me down and I said, yes. And I don't know if you remember this. I think you, you probably do because you just mentioned it. You started it with this idea that you and I have very different opinions about yeah. economics and economic yeah. policy. We think it'd be good. And then for like six months straight, we were just like, we just agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you. Yeah. So it, it definitely pivoted from, I think, what initially we thought it might be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think we had this idea that we were going to come in and just every single policy. Yeah. To be fair, we don't do a lot of policy conversations, right? We we uh, we talked about minimum wage. I think that was probably our most contentious yeah. policy. Um, the Ebenezer Scrooge one from the last episode. Yeah, was a little our, bit on taxes. Our... Yeah, the last episode is probably I think the biggest as much as we've ever disagreed on stuff. Um, so a little bit. I mean, a little bit here and there on some of the other stuff, but. Yeah, the, the idea started, hey, we're going to have a beer and disagree in the show, and we'll have fun, and there'll be some different things, and we end up having a beer and having fun, and yeah, disagreeing here and there on the margins, mostly. But, but you know, this reminds me of a lot. I, I tell this to the the staff in the econ department. I've told it to my students before. Um, the stuff that we are talking about is not life and death, right? Like, our, our, uh, for us individually, yeah. so the yeah. policies maybe are, are, are causing some... The policies that are in place maybe leading to life or death. Um, but, you know, us disagreeing about something is uh, at the end of the day, we log off and and our day keeps going. Yep. Um, you know, when doctors disagree about a diagnosis, that's, that's way different. Um, when uh, when surgeons disagree about, you know, where should they go? Like, those are, in my opinion, those are real yeah. disagreements that need to be worked out. But I think one of the, exactly what you just said, what's really cool is the idea that you can disagree with somebody over something and at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, right? We're still alive. We're still happy. We're still healthy. And we can come back next week and find something else, whether we agree or disagree. For all the things that you and I disagree about, which I guess for our longtime listeners, they're just like, they don't disagree. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> we, I promise we do disagree. I think Matt and I are just so nice to each other. That, uh, bit of that. that we basically just accept the other's person argument and say, yep, that's your way of thinking about it, but I don't agree with that. And we just move on. I, Matt, I will say you have never tried to change my opinion. And I really appreciate that. I think you present very logical arguments, even though I don't necessarily always agree with them. I can respect your opinion and I can see merit in it, but I've always appreciated that you, you've never sort of like browbeat me into this no, idea of no. like, how dare you not see what I see? I, I don't even know that that's intentional, but I would say the same naturally, you know, we discuss and yeah, you can make good points and I mean, naturally, if bright people disagree with you, often you can learn way more yeah. from that than being in the room of bright people who agree with you. So it's, it's you, listen maybe, and learn. maybe it'd be different if I was a senator, if I was a state senator, maybe you would be a little tougher on me on minimum wage. <laughs> Otherwise, you're just like, whatever he teaches, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're not the one setting the law. I'm not, I'm not setting yeah. the law. So you're nicer to me. You're not as you're probably yeah. not as nice to your state senators. But looking through, and I mean, these will probably have changed, but our last couple of episodes in terms of the number of views, uh, they've got 505, 430, and 512, just looking on the Substack, the number of people who've opened those. Um, podcast goals, actually. Let's go back to the podcast goals. 
I would love to get a little bit better about tracking, figuring out how many people are actually listening to each one. There's so many different mm -hmm. sites and like, I don't know how many people are listening on Spotify or yeah. Apple podcasts or Amazon or anywhere else. I have zero, I have no clue. Um, and I, I have no idea how to do that. So maybe that's, yeah, that could be a goal for us for sure. I can say Substack actually does at least not only track open. So you mentioned openings. Yep. Um, this is a little behind the scenes for those of you who are listening. Matt, if you click on the podcast tab at the top, um, Substack does track the number. They call them downloads, but that's clicking the play button, basically. Okay. Um, so that's the downloading of the uh, of the podcast. So some and so like there's like a little graph and, and you know, whatever. I'll throw the graph in the Substack. You can see what we're looking at too. Um, so you can see the spikes when they come out every two weeks. That's people clicking the the play button. Uh, but this would just, like you said, just on Substack, right? I mean, there's people who listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. They're watching on YouTube. Uh, so at least from so Substack, somebody clicks play on Spotify, that wouldn't show up on. No, it wouldn't show up on this on this one. Really? Yeah. Well, then those numbers. I was going to be pretty happy with the numbers. Actually, probably not happy thinking through dividing. Well, let me look it at out. this way. Well, seriously, so right? Yeah. I mean, if you divide it out, but like according to Substack, we've had almost four thousand people. Or four thousand plays yep. of our podcasts, and that would just be Substack. Yeah, um, but I think it's like exactly what you said, right? We started off slow. We don't know that many people. Yeah, grow in. I think and honestly, have... that's not that bad. I mean, if we did, you know, what 20, 26 episodes or something, mm -hmm. um, thirty, you know, so over a hundred and hundred and fifty plays per episode on Substack alone. Yeah. Actually, that's what I'm saying. So right, like you, you said, four hundred, right? Four hundred open it, but they're right because some yeah. of them open it, but they're not they're not listening in Substack. They're going to scroll down. They're going to go to Spotify or they're going to go to YouTube. They might listen to it somewhere else if they open it. Yeah. Um, yeah I mean, so I would say we've had thousands listen, uh, and, but I think part of our goal, right, is how do we get that number higher? How can we? And again, I think I think if we could get our listeners on, I, I our listeners do some really cool things. So those of you who are listening, I have already broached you on this topic, and I have prodded you to come on this episode you know who you are you have cool things to talk about let matt and i talk to you yes so, that would be great i'll be um, subtle about it so that he doesn't get mad at me so i will um you know we've to actually have a topic uh, other than our year in review i'm going to ask something that's somewhat timely uh many of our listeners will know about this but many won't you today is january 4th in terms of the day this is dropping <laughs> and on january 5th the ASSA conference starts in um, in San Antonio, where and you will be there. Mm -hmm. This is I've gone to it a few times, but it's often thought of as it used to be really thought of as the biggest economics conference, and it's dropped a lot. Yes. But what um, do you want to give a little bit of a summary of what the ASSA perhaps has meant historically for the economics profession? Bad at man, you're putting big. Well, I, I weights on my shoulder. I can chime um, in first if you'd rather. This this meeting, and I think it goes back to exactly what you said. It is much smaller than it was before because economists have changed the way they interview uh, for jobs. So in the past, so we'll say pre-COVID, uh, it's kind of the easiest way to say it. In the past, this was the largest meeting of economists, graduate students, job market people. Um, there are people who they may only go to one conference a year, and that's probably this conference. Uh, they are taking over big cities, shutting down multiple hotels. Um, I I don't know the number off the top of my head, but it's like, I want to say it's 
tens of thousands. It used to be a little over 10,000. I think it's now down by 50%. I think it used to be 10 to 12,000 at a peak. Yeah. I mean, it's thousands, right? Like I knew, I I knew 10 was like in that space. I didn't know if it was 10 to 20. Um, It's huge. So this is the meeting where we basically, I don't say all of us because not everybody goes, but like, this is the best chance for as many economists to come together all at one place and talk about the latest research of what's going on, the latest things that we're doing in terms of teaching, the latest things in terms of policy making. Um, this is people from Ivy League schools, community colleges, state universities, liberal arts colleges, everywhere. This is like there are it is a it is like a comic con for economists. Um, it is there are like newspaper reporters who will be there. They have like Bloomberg and financial like they set up cameras to to interview people at this conference. It is that big. Or I should say, it was that big. Yeah. Um, it has dropped significantly because economists, um, economic the economics profession has, I don't want to say has fully moved, but largely moved to interviewing people on Zoom. Uh, in the past, for the, yeah, for first round interviews are are mostly. Yeah. And so, like we used to interview all like for if we had a job, like let's say Virginia Tech had a job opening. Um, what to be fair, I guess we do have a job opening, but let's say we had a job opening and we wanted to interview people at the meetings. Um, normally what we would do is we would spend two full days interviewing like 50 people. And so everybody was coming to one location today. We do those on zoom. And so a lot of graduate students don't go. A lot of faculty don't go, uh, who used to go. It's still really big, um, but it's smaller. So incredibly important networking opportunities, meeting with people, connecting with co-authors, huge conference. Yeah, and it used to be, so there's stats here, it was 12,000 in 2020, pre, just pre-COVID, and it was 6,000 in 2023. And a big part is the job market has really dropped off a lot. I, so I've gone a few times. I've actually found it just to be too big and unwieldy and not yes. as useful as, mo- as as many other conferences the, the few times that I've gone. Um, but yeah. it certainly was the one where, you know, if if you're, you, you could go down and you're like, oh, those Nobel Prize winners and people who mm-hmm. are going to win the Nobel Prize, like all of the, yeah, as you said, Comic-Con for economics is probably <laughs> about as close as it gets. That's a, it was a great phrase for it. So yeah. you'll be going there. Are you presenting? Or are you just going to enjoy? Um, That's a good question. I think, I think I am. I'm on the schedule. Um, awesome. I, we, I have not talked to my co-author about whether I'm presenting or they are. Um, but you'll be so there for sure. I'll be there. I'll absolutely be there. I live this stuff up. Um this is one of those things I, you know, I tell my students this, it's sort of goofy. I think, I mean, you'll appreciate it as another uh, academic. Um, when I say that, what I think students, when students say they have friends in other places, right, they're talking about people like from their hometown, or it's almost always people they went to school with in their hometown. Like those are their friends. And one of the things I always share with them is how sort of goofy academic lives are. Um, because I always say like, oh yeah, I'm going to the conference to see my friends. And they are not people I went to grad school with. I did not go to undergrad with. Um, there are people that I have met at other conferences that I see maybe two or three times. A, like if I'm lucky, yeah. I see them two or three times a year, uh, which is, I think, not the normal definition for your friends. So if I said, you know, Matt, your friends in Sealands Grove, they're people you see multiple times regularly. Yeah. Uh, but like my friends in academia, I might see once a, once a year. Once or twice and a year. Yep. That's yep. where I get to go see my friends. And so it's yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun for me. Yeah, that's it's a great way to phrase it for those who aren't in the academic life but i think that's very true um for a lot of the conferences it's it's checking things out i was discussing hey i'm planning to go to um appy in april you mm-hmm. should come along and i eventually twisted your arm and we're 
writing a paper, which we won't share now, but eventually we'll probably have to share a little bit on here, but we can't spoil anything now. Exactly. We got to make sure we, that'll, we need to make sure we actually do it for happy. minor details. We minor. don't want to, we don't want to talk about it and then not, not actually go through it. Yep. We'll talk about it for sure. Yeah. Well, we have um, maybe five minutes left or so. Any pop culture for the new year that you want to share? Oh man. No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, we have our project, but I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it. Um, no, you know what? I, at least the projects that I have, the projects that I'm working on now, is um, trying to just sort of wrap up things from last year. Um, I have not committed to any sort of big project for the uh, for the upcoming year. I'd say the biggest thing, there's a project that Ben and I are working on. So Ben Smith at Nebraska, yep. Omaha, yeah. is, um, is, is one of my, I'll say he's one of my really good friends because we went to grad school together. Um, but uh, him and I are working on a project trying to understand um, racism, sexism in student uh, student groups. And so how groups of students might mark each other in certain ways. Um, so sort of bias in student projects. So if you uh, if you do group work and you have your uh, you have your groups peer evaluate each other on how they're doing, is there some way to sort of figure out um, students leaving evaluations for each other? Um, whether there's some sort of bias in that. So that's one of our our projects that we're trying to work on. Um, and so we think we have an idea. And so we're not pop culture at all. So complete left turn from what you asked me. But that's my big project right now. Okay. I'm sure pop culture will pop up somewhere. I year. don't have um, not a project I'll discuss, but pop culture. And it's not about necessarily like the New Year, New Year's resolutions, but it is about voting. And we're getting close to all of the silly season with the Man, primaries we are. That are coming yeah, out. Yeah, we are. Uh, there's a clip I've um, put on Critical Commons, and it's on the uh, Economics of the Game of Thrones site where there's voting for um, commander of the night watch, but it's just an interesting idea on um, voting games, which is something we cover in game theory. And the idea of um, arrows, impossibility theorem, Kenneth arrow mm. route through and the technical stuff on this. I, I couldn't go through and sh share why the math works on all of this, but basically, um, you know, if you tried to with a few different, reasonable assumptions voting schemes when you have multiple people basically it's called the impossibility theorem there's nothing mm -hmm. that gets you kind of everything you want when you have multiple people either right the, either there would be a di dictator or the some things that shouldn't affect the outcome would actually affect the outcome so that's in the um, if you're just looking for an interesting voting clip you could uh, see that yeah. there and trust me it'll be more enjoyable than paying attention to the actual voting <laughs> that's going on within. we're gonna have to do an episode we're gonna have to probably do multiple episodes on voting i think we're gonna have to we we have this this is our year i think we tried to talk about it last time and it was we were a week off but i think this year might be we need to plan this out a little bit better so that we can we can chime in sounds sounds good well thanks to everybody for tuning into season two first episode season episode two. one season two yeah <laughs> of economics happy hour we appreciate you and looking forward to a great 2024 absolutely cheers everybody cheers